you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 3. I want to deal with one verse today. One verse today. Exodus chapter 3, verse 6. Amen. It says, And he said also, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, with your mask on. Same God back then. Same God right now. Amen. Tell your neighbor, same God. Same God. Can you believe that? The same God in Genesis 1 that created the universe that stepped in from nothing, from eternity to nothing, and created something, is the same God that exists today. The same God that created man out of the dust and took woman out of man. The same God Hallelujah. Exists today. Imagine coming to that realization at some point in your life. That the God of the Bible is the same God. That went down 42 generations. To send his son. Jesus. As his representative. So that he would offer to us salvation. The same God that knew Adam and Eve would mess up in the garden. So he made provisions in the garden. There's a reason I told you last week on Friday night. There's a reason that woman came out of man. The reason is because... When Adam sinned because he came from the dirt, that's the reason why God has cursed the land. You see, if woman ate first, but guess what? We did not plummet it into sin until Adam ate. Did you know that? Eve was curious. But even with her curiosity and even with everything the way it went and where we are now, God is the same God back then. He's the same God right now. Aren't you glad? Come on, somebody. Aren't you glad that uh, that God can be accessed now through prayer, through praise? Come on, somebody. Uh, God... That formed us has not left us all alone. I'm so glad this morning. Whenever I start talking about God, I I start getting excited because 
for a long time I was searching for God. I was seeking someone greater than me. Are you with me? At this point in our message, in our study of Moses, what we find is that Moses was a very insecure man. His father's day. He was insecure. But what he was getting ready to do, he needed assurance. It's kind of like all of us. You know, we, we believe there's a God. And we believe that he's here, but sometimes there's this little voice in our head. Come on, anybody there? That, that causes you to doubt just a little bit. Just a tiny little bit. And so what God knew about Moses is he knew that he would tell him that I had a stuttering problem. We're going to get to that. He knew that he would be asking all these questions. He knew that he didn't have the faith of Abraham. Abram, when God called him, didn't question him. He just went. Because he believed that the God that called him was real. I believe we live in a day where everyone is questioning who God is, but God has already proven who he is. Look around and you'll see what he has done and what he has created. God in calling Moses is bringing him into an awareness that yes, I am the same God. You see, sometimes we can look at our life and say, what God? Because of the way things are going. You see, we want a God, some of us want a God who will just make everything just right all the time. But I thank God for the bumps in the road. Come on, somebody. The bruises that we go through in life. And and what we find in our text today, we find that God has set in place in verse 5 that if you're going to serve me, Moses, You have to understand that I'm holy. He said, take them shoes off, man. Take that stuff off. Take that sandals off your feet. You know why? Because the ground that you're standing on, wherever my presence is, and this is why I'm saying that we have to really understand that when we walk through a church door, When we come into the presence of God, we are standing on holy ground. This may be your day to get your breakthrough. This may be the day that God treats you differently. Or God reveals his true nature to you through his word. Do I have a witness? Have you ever seen God in a service? Come on and help me somebody. Have you ever experienced God through his word? I'm talking about his preached word pastor get up there and preach the word and all of a sudden the light bulbs go on. Tell your neighbor that's the Holy Spirit. But when you're standing on holy ground you are in good company. Because not only is the ground holy but the word is holy. Then you have the Holy Spirit who illuminates the word of God to you and Moses here is at a moment in his life and there's something I need to show you that I, that I failed to show you last week. In verse 4, it says, God called to him from the midst of the bush 
and said, Moses, Moses. You know what that, you know why he called his name twice? Because it is a personal call. God called Moses by his name. There's very significant here because the personal name calling means that God knows us. Come on, y'all. He knows our name. Aren't you glad that he knows you? Come on, not only does he know your name, he knows all about what you're going through right now. He knows that life is the way it is for you. But here's what he knows. He knows you intimately. So he called his name twice, showing the personal call. Then we get down to verse 6. And God, verse 5, and God told him, man, take them sandals off. Because the ground that you're standing on is holy. And then he said to him in verse 6, he said also, I am the God of your father. Now it's a very interesting piece. I was going to run over this verse. This is why you don't run over verses. Check this out. He says, I am the God. Does anybody here know who Moses' daddy is? <laughs> I know who his father-in-law is. But you never really hear about Moses' father. His father's name was Amram. He was a Levite. Watch this. His name Amram means a friend of God. Imagine being a friend of God and having a son. Come on somebody. Now it's becoming very clear to me. Why God chose Moses. His daddy was a friend of God. I wish I had somebody. Do I have anybody? And, and let, me, let, me, let, me, let me explain this to you real quick. His name. His name. And as a Levite. What he did is. He would perform religious services. Or in the public worship he would he, he was a gatekeeper he was a guardian he was a temple official that's what a Levi was watch this watch this watch this in other words Moses was a PK kid y'all ain't trying to hear me and imagine this PK kid who had committed murder oh come on help me somebody lost his way come here prodigal son Amen. Watch this. And, and was way out on the other side for 40 years. And watch this. Just when you think God had given up on him. Hey. He showed up. Right on time. And so. And so. And so let me. Let me show you this God. The first thing is. He is the God who is faithful. I want to write that down. If you want to know who he is. The God who is what? faithful to all generations because he was faithful to his daddy he was faithful to call Moses at a time in his life watch this when he didn't even know see you don't get to choose the call the time of the call 
God knows when it's time. And can I help you with something? Usually God will start calling when you are in a place where you are no longer self-sufficient. Come on, help me somebody. When you are no longer full of yourself. When you are no longer, come on somebody. When you are no longer feeling like you all that in a bag of chips. When you come to a place in your life where you can surrender to God, he will call you. Are you with me? Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Moses' father, despite of him, in spite of him not being known, he was a man of faith. Because his mother could not put him down the Nile by herself. It had to come through the authority and the approval of the man. But you never heard his name. But I thank God that strong men don't need to prove who they are by being the loudest in the room. Godly men can be right in your presence and you can sense that there's something different about them because of the way they carry themselves. We don't have to dress a certain way to be holy. Holiness begins inside. But I thank God that the same God back then, it's the same God right now. The God who is faithful to all generations. What am I saying? Let me tell you what I'm saying. Those kids that you have right now, those grandkids that you have, if you stay with God, there's a chance, come on, help me somebody, that they will follow in your footsteps. There's a chance that they will have a godly lineage, not just a family heritage. Do I have anybody? In other words, if you keep living before them a life that's pleasing unto God, they have a chance to be used by God. Do I have anybody? And can I say this to you? And even if you are not a good example, God is still able to change you at any point in your life. When we live a holy life, it will be passed down. And I believe that even though Moses had been disconnected from his God that he did not know. God had to reintroduce himself. In this way to remind him that Moses, you have a father. Some of us got issues with our daddy. Dad don't call me. Dad don't do this for me. But you don't know that your daddy was praying for you. You don't know that your dad possibly, come on somebody, is praying and like the prodigal daddy, he's been waiting to just hear from you. Do I have somebody? You see, what we got to do is stop assuming things in our hearts and start believing that no matter what your relationship is with your earthly father, you have a relationship with your heavenly father. Do I have anybody? And can I help you with something? Moses, even though he was a preacher's kid on the run, God ran him, God ran him down. God rescued him. 
God redeemed him. God reconciled him. God was bringing him back to a place where he'll be used by him. Watch the text. He says, not only am I God of your father, so this is the recall. He says, the God of who? The God of who? Abraham. So not only is the God who is faithful to all generation, but he's a God who keeps his promises. Aren't you glad? Oh, wish I had somebody. That God was reminding Moses, just in case, because this journey is going to get tough. You got to remember that what I promised to Abraham, I'm going to fulfill. I don't know how many of you really understand how faithful God is to his promises. But there are 7,869 promises to the believer. And can I help somebody with something? If you were to start grabbing a few of those promises. Here's a promise. I'll never leave you. Lord have mercy. I've been young. And now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. Here's another promise. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Watch this. Watch this. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Come on, somebody. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can I help somebody with something? Every now and then you got to know how to grab a promise from God's word. And you got to stand on that promise because not to put God to the test, but to put yourself to the test so that you can see if you really believe his promises. Can I help something, help you with something God is saying to Moses? Moses, you remember Abraham. I ain't even really got to tell you because watch this from ages zero to nine, Moses was weaned by his mother. But his mother instilled in him his heritage. Oh, I wish I had somebody. And let me tie Juneteenth in because this is my favorite holiday. I wish I had somebody. I thank God that if you don't teach your kids about their heritage, they will live their lives forgetting the struggle. Do I have anybody? And so I encourage you today to let you know that he's the same God back then is the same God right now. He's a God who keeps his promises. He says he's the God of Abraham. But then he goes on to say the God of Isaac. The name Isaac in the Hebrew, it gets its origin from the word laughter. Because Sarah didn't believe God in her old age that she would conceive and have a son. You know what I love about God? He does the impossible. So not only is he a God who keeps his promises, but he's also a God who can do 
I wish I had somebody. The impossible. You see, Moses needed this assurance because what he's getting ready to do looks impossible. Here, going through some impossible situations right now in life. Anybody here, maybe you've seen some things that just doesn't look right right now. It, it seems like it's not attainable. It seems like you're not going to rise from where you are. Your, your business is not going to take off. Your marriage is not going to get better. Your child will not come back home. But I stopped by to tell you that he's a God of the impossible. Because when Sarah laughed, she didn't really understand what was going on. But I thank God that God had already in his mind, in his heart, that he was going to use Moses. Can I ask somebody here, have you ever come face to face with God? Have you really had to look yourself in the mirror and say, God, I believe that you created me. I believe in your word, that your word is true. He was the promised child under impossible circumstances. I thank God that he takes things that are barren and he uses it to give birth. Do I have anybody? Thank God that when they said you were done, hey, it wasn't over for you. Thank God that he's been holding your hands ever since you've come face to face with him. Do I have a witness here today? Somebody here know what I'm talking about. You never thought you'd be sitting in some church on a Sunday morning. But here you are now doing the impossible. Serving God. Praising God. Living for God. Yes, he's a God of the impossible. Moses thought his life was all together. In other words, he had settled in to a life as a shepherd leading sheep. But God had a bigger plan. He wasn't going to lead sheep. He was going to lead people. He was going to lead some stiff-necked people. He was going to lead some stubborn people. So God had to reveal himself. God had to show him that this work that you're getting ready to do is holy work. You got to understand that when you're doing it in my name, my name has power to deliver. My name has power to set free. Do I have anybody here today that know that he will keep his promises, that he's a God of the impossible. But I'm not going to stop there. The text goes on to say, he's the God of Isaac, but he's the God of Jacob. He's the God of Jacob. You know what Jacob means? The word for his name is trickster. God doesn't look 
on the outside. He looks on the inside. So why are you tricking right now? Why are you tripping right now? Why are you troubled right now? Why you feel there's no hope for you? I wish I had somebody. God knows your heart. God knows your ways. God knows everything about you. Jacob was a trickster that God used to change the game. Do I have anybody? He took a trickster and he transformed him into a nation. That's where you get the name Israel. Do I have somebody? So not only is a God that keeps his promise, a God that does the impossible, but he's a God who transforms. Anybody here want to be transformed? Anybody here want to change? Anybody here want to do something different with your life? He's a God that will transform Hey, do I have anybody? He's a God that transforms. He transforms. And watch this. If God can take Jacob and transform him, not just his name, but his heart, what do you think he can do to you? What do you think he can do for you? But lastly, he said, then Moses did what? He hid his face. For he was afraid to what? To look at God. So lastly, he's a God, and I'm going to sit down, who restores. Here's the thing about Adam and Eve in the garden. They hid from God. What do you think Moses was doing on the other side of the wilderness. He was running. In other words, he was hiding. And can I help somebody with something? You could run all you want. But until you come to a place of restoration. And a right relationship with God. He's going to keep pursuing you. That's what he's going to do. And it's not going to be your idea. It's going to be his idea. Moses had to hide his face because Moses had what I call a recall. How did he know? Where did he learn that he could not look at God or he would die? <laughs> he had a recall. Watch this. God restored him. And then he realized for the first time in his life how real, how holy, how righteous God really is. Are you with me? So you know what he did? He rejoiced. When Martin, when Martin Luther King was assassinated, two years later, his brother, William, drowned nine days before his 39th birthday. 
He was found in a swimming pool at home. The cause of his death was listed as accidental drowning. Then after that, his mother was shot to death, assassinated. My brother King was shot and killed by a 23-year-old black man from Ohio who adopted the theology of the black Hebrew Israelites. A close friend to the family who visited them didn't know what to say. So he went to Daddy King's home and he went to his bedroom and he met him halfway down the hallway and he said, I'm glad to be here. He said, yes, yes, I thank God for what I have left. He didn't know what he was talking about, so he said, what do you have left? He says, God. I wish I had somebody. The same God back then is the same God right now. And when we face the toughest tests of our lives, the only thing we have is God.